God bless you, brothers and sisters. This is Brother Leonard. It's a blessing to be on with you today. And I tell you what, I'm excited because, uh, first of all, God has blessed me with another day and he's been with me all day. And I tell you what, there's nothing like being a child of God, knowing that your father is with you always, that he resides on the inside of you. And I, I know that's amazing for some of you all who are listening to this and you've never heard that concept. Guess what? God resides on the inside of us. The Bible says greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. That's if you're a child of God. I want to talk to you today. And man, I got an exciting subject uh, that I need to talk to you about. And we're going to have a, a good time. I want you to get your Bibles and make sure that um, that you write these scriptures down and and that you look them up. And so they'll be a blessing to you. I'm going to tell you, if you're listening to the word, you're doing the exact right thing. You know, you need to get this word on the inside of you. The thing you need to know uh, about the word, man, is that this word is food, not only to our spirits, you know, because Peter says, uh, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. But this food, this word is food to our souls and food to our bodies. What do I mean? Well, our souls have to be renewed in the word of God. That means our mind, will, and our emotions got to be renewed in the word of God. And, and sometimes we don't do that. And you wonder why it's hard to break certain behaviors and certain habits and those type of things. It's because we're not getting in the word, doing the things that we need to do. So brothers and sisters, let's pray and get into the word. Father, thank you so much for your word. Holy Spirit, have your way. Give me what to say. Anoint the ears to hear. And Lord, let the blessings of the Lord be upon each and every person that this word falls upon, that it'll fall upon good ground, that some will multiply 30-fold, 60-fold, and even 100-fold in Jesus' name. Amen. And so I was talking to you about really, you know, what 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 is this word all about? And I'm going to tell you that when you get born again, you get changed. Think about this. All your life, you've been a sinner. You know, you've been doing what you want to do. And I mean, you know, and some of y'all been doing a whole lot more than others, but it doesn't matter. You're still a sinner. Right. If you haven't never accepted Christ, but you've been living your life the way you want to. And all of a sudden, some all of a sudden, somebody told you about Jesus. Somebody gave you the good news. You heard somebody's testimony. Somebody told you that they got saved or they used to be out in the world and their life was changed when they met Jesus or when they accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And that attracted you and that word began to draw you, that testimony began to draw you and you decided that you wanted to get saved. You wanted what these people had. Here's what the attraction is. God residing on the inside of us, that the power of God is flowing out of these people as they're telling you about Jesus. Think about it. The love of God, the joy, the peace. The gentleness, the goodness, the meekness, the faith that, you know, God's the story of the Lord is being told to you and you see a better way. You're tired of being beat up by the devil. You tired of your life being totally destroyed by drugs and alcohol and uh, just perversion and all these other kind of things. You're tired of being away from God. Something on the inside of you was yearning 
for the Lord. You wanted God in your life, but you didn't know how to do that. But now this person is telling you about Jesus. So you decide to accept the Lord as your Lord and Savior. So whether you were in a church or wherever you were, you decided that you were going to repent of all your sins and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you did that. And you said, Jesus, come into my heart and be the Lord and Savior of my life. Like I'm making a total wreck in my life, Lord. I'm screwing this thing up and I need you. I need your help. You know what? When you said that and you invited Christ in, all of a sudden, you know, you knew something changed. Now, I'm going to tell you that um, when I got saved, I can tell you that I know something changed because that was the most um, that was the most critical time in my life when I accepted Christ because I needed him like I really needed him to make it. I don't think I would be here today uh, if I didn't accept Christ when I did January 9th, 1987. That's a long time ago. But I tell you what, isn't it good to see that God can keep me all these years? that he's been with me all this time and he's never left me. <laughs> I love it that he said he'll never leave me nor forsake me. But all these years, the Lord has been with me. And so I accepted him as my Lord and Savior. Let me tell you something. I was flooded with joy instantly. I needed that because I was dis discouraged, depressed, despondent. Um, my family was back in the States and it just wasn't a good time for me. My life was wrecked. I was addicted to alcohol and a whole lot of other things. And just life was not kind to me. A lot of it I did myself um, with the stupid decisions I made. But when I accepted Christ, I became this brand new creation. Now I knew something changed on the inside of me. I knew I was forgiven. I felt forgiven. Uh, and I know I can't base it on my feelings, but I really did. I really knew God had forgiven me. And like for the first time in my life, I knew that for some reason I knew I was right with God. Now, I can tell you that as I began to walk with the Lord, uh, when those feelings went away, I was wondering if God had left me because, you know, I had that honeymoon period where it felt like for several months God was just right there. You know, I prayed and I could feel his presence no matter what I did. I could feel his presence. But then, you know, a few months down the road, I couldn't feel it like that anymore. And so I didn't know what that was, what was going on in me. And so I had to learn a lot of this. I learned through experience and, of course, in the word. But listening to really good uh, Bible teachers and going to a good Bible believing church where the word of God was being preached. And I needed to learn how to live uh, as a Christian. And, you know, the shame of this is a lot of people get saved and then they don't go anywhere else. I mean, they get saved and, and they don't go further. Like they become, I don't know. They, it, it's sad because they don't pursue God after they get saved or what have you. And they know something is missing and they're yearning for the Lord and they're not, uh, in a church and they're not doing the things they do. So as a result, they go back to doing some of the things they used to do. And sometimes if not all the things they used to do, because they didn't get into the word. And remember, Peter said to desire the sincere milk of the word that you can grow thereby. Brothers and sisters, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. 
Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, I'm going to tell you that you don't look the same. You, I mean, you look exactly the same on the outside. Like your face still looks the same. Your hands still look the same. Your feet still look the same. If you were tall uh, when you accepted Jesus, you're still tall. If you were fat when you accepted Christ, you're still fat. None of that's going to change, right? If you were white when you accepted Jesus, you're still white. All right. I hear people say in church, I looked at my hands and my hands looked new. And I looked at my feet and my feet did too. Well, guess what? It's more than that because none of that's changed. But what changed is on the inside of you that God gave you a new you. Like your spirit is brand new, made out of God's essence, out of the image of God. I mean, your spirit is completely holy. It's unblameable and unreprovable in the Lord's sight. He said that you are a holy nation. You're a chosen generation. You're a peculiar people. God called you holy. Why? Because when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, something dramatic happened on the inside. The Bible calls it regeneration by the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit sealed you into Christ until a day of redemption. In other words, nobody can take that away from you. You're holy on the inside, the real you, your spirit. Let's talk about that. Thing you have to realize is that man is a spirit. He's a three-part being. Man is a spirit. He has a soul and he lives in a body. It's the spirit part of you that's been made holy. The Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin, that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ. Think about that. God, the Lord Jesus took our sins and gave us his righteousness. And so we're righteous. Our spirits are righteous, but we still have to contend with our body and we still have to contend with our soul. Our soul is our mind, will and emotions. Our soul is it contains our mind that controls the things that we do, the thoughts that we think. You know, the ability to move our bodies is the rim. It's in the soul rim. That's the mental rim. That's the rim that help us to move this body to stay in contact with this earth. Did you know that if you didn't have a body, you couldn't be in this earth legally? And there's no way to be here without a body. Even Jesus himself, he couldn't really come in and influence mankind except he became like one of us. So the Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So he put on flesh. He was born just like we were born and came into this earth so he could live this life totally righteous and free of sin. And then he could exchange his righteousness for our unrighteousness. Isn't that great? So Jesus, he took our sins on that cross and he put them things on himself and became that perfect sacrifice. And guess what? He rose from the dead and everybody who gets saved inherits his righteousness. And so we can stand before God and now we're holy and acceptable in the sight of God. So you don't have to be afraid to come to God. Like even when you get saved, right? You don't have to be afraid to come to God. He's your father. You are his child. You've been accepted in the beloved. God accepts you 
You are now his child. It's amazing. I know it is. You didn't deserve it. You didn't earn it. But now you're his child. But brothers and sisters, this is the trick learning how to really live this thing so that you can be successful and have victory in your life, that you can know the things that belong to you, the things in God that belong to you. I mean, God has given us so many things. The scripture says he's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Paul prays for us. He prayed that God will give us uh, a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that me, we may know what is the hope of his calling, what is the riches of his glory and the inher his inheritance in the saints. Paul prayed for us that we could understand what it is that we have. Brothers and sisters, we don't really understand these things. That's why we allow the devil to beat us up, even though we're Christians, right? And y'all can identify with this, that you still sometimes let the devil slap you upside the head, make you do things that you didn't want to do, or better yet, tempt you to do these things that you didn't want to do, but you did them anyway. You know how Paul talks about the flesh wrestling against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, but you have total control of that. It's all in your soul. So God saved us, our spirits. We're saved. We're born again, right? But we got to do something about our minds, our soul area, and we got to do something about our bodies. Now get this. In Romans 12, 1 and 2, Paul says, I beseech ye therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present yourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So I am going to submit myself or present myself as a living sacrifice. My body, it can't do what it want to do because it needs to be controlled. It needs to be under the auspices or the control of my spirit. But in order for me to really gain the ascendancy over my soul and my spirit, I got to renew my mind. So uh, Romans 12, 2 says what? Uh, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, I know I have preached several sermons along this line, but it is critically important. If you want to be successful as a Christian, you have got to understand spirit, soul and body. You've got to understand that your spirit is eternal. It is untouchable by the enemy. Your spirit cannot sin. It cannot commit sin. It can't do those kind of things. And you have to understand that you're totally righteous in the sight of God. Now, your soul and your body absolutely you can sin your body can your soul can why with your thoughts and the things that you think and those things that are not holy and God has given us things to battle those thoughts he's given us weapons to battle those thoughts he's given us weapons to pull down those thoughts that come against our mind but the first thing in this process is that we have to renew our minds and so how do we renew our minds the Bible talks about several scriptures in renewing our mind, but I want to read one to you. If you would go to Psalms 1, li listen to this. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his light, in his, 
and in his, uh, I'm sorry, in his law doth he meditate day and night. Get this. The first thing he does is he knows that I can't be fellowshipping and socializing with all this craziness. I can't be uh, be out here hanging with people who are going astray or who don't who don't love God and who don't want anything to do with God. And all they do is glorify Satan and his kingdom. Well, I can't hang around them. So blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. That means you're not walking in their advice. You're not walking in their uh, precepts, their concerns. You're not walking in anything that they do. But your delight is in the law of the Lord. And in this law, do you meditate day and night? What happens is meditation is taking the word of God and beginning to think on these things. Meditate. Think on these things. Talk these things out. Really mull them over in your mind. And what happens is the Holy Spirit will help you understand. And as you're doing this, the Bible says this is the washing of the water by the word that the word begins to wash your mind. I mean, clean your thoughts. It doesn't matter whether your thoughts have been contaminated with thoughts of theft or with thoughts of uh, suicide or anxiety or frustration or you've been exposed to a lot of pornography and you have these images in your head, what happens is the word of God begins to wash your mind, begins to wash your soul, and you begin to start thinking along the lines of the word. As you put the word of God in you, you begin to think like God and think like he thinks. That's important that you can begin to think the word, you know, Think Proverbs. There's nothing wrong with thinking Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Thinking, 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 you know, really thinking. And what happens is over a period of time, what ends up happening is your mind is being washed and you'll find that certain behaviors, you will just stop doing them and don't know when you stop. You won't have that desire because think about it. Your spirit doesn't desire to sin. It's, this stuff is all in your soul area. It's all in your mind and it's all in your body. Those are the things that desire to sin. But as you begin to get that word in them, what's happening is I'm saved. I'm being saved and I will be saved. And what that means is my spirit is saved. My soul is being saved every day as I get in the word It's being renewed in the word of God. And my body will be saved because when I die and leave this thing, it's going in the earth to become a seed. This corruptible seed is going down corruptible, becoming up incorruptible. And then I'll put this thing back on as a glorified body and I'll be just like Jesus. Amen. Spirit, soul and body. But until then, we have to do our part, brothers and sisters. That's the most important part. Here's what we have to understand. The Bible says that the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than any two edged sword. It's piercing even to the dividing line of the soul and the spirit and of the joints and the moral. It's a discerner of the thought and the intents of the heart. Here's what's beautiful. The word of God has uh, I'm saved. So. Through the spirit of God, right, and accepting Christ as my Lord and Savior, my spirit is saved. I am saved eternally. Say I have eternal life right now, not later, not in the sweet by and by. I'm saved and have eternal life right now. That's it. Right now, I have eternal life. If anything, if I drop dead, I'm going home to be with the Lord. I have eternal life. But as I get in the word and I continue to meditate and think on these things, my soul is being saved. 
It's being washed and being changed into the image of Christ. I'm putting on the mind of Christ as I get into that word and get the word in me and starting to understand the word. And the Holy Spirit can bring these things back to my remembrance. And then the word is also going down in my spirit. And I'm growing up in the Lord, maturing in the Lord because I'm getting in the word and the word is starting to mature me. Now, here's the thing. The Bible also says that his word is helped to my body. To my flesh, the word is still health to my flesh. So guess what? For those of you who are going through sickness and disease, the word is also power and, and, and food for your flesh. It's healing for your flesh. If your doctor told you to take your medication, you would take it. Well, God is saying my word does the same thing. What it is, brothers and sisters, the reason why we get impatient is because it doesn't happen overnight. But think about it. If I go outside and I plant seeds in my yard, that stuff don't come up overnight. Right. But over a period of time through watering, right, that process and taking care of the soil, all of a sudden I begin to get plants. I begin to get things to grow. It's the same thing. What the word of God does in some cases it's plant, it's being planted. In some cases it's being watered. And then God is adding the increase. And so you begin to grow up in him and you become strong in him. Because God's word is, is strong and powerful in, in us. And the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.14, continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and has been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them. 2 Timothy 3.15 says, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Now, here's the most important point of all. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect or mature and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You can't even begin to do those good works until you're influenced in the Holy Spirit. Once the, once the word you get saved and, and God's word begin to grow up in you. And now you're beginning to be more influenced by the spirit of God than you are. Satan is trying to come in and mess up your flesh. Then all of a sudden you'll find that you're doing good works. You'll find that God is using you in situations because what it is, is that the spirit of God can now flow out of you. He's not being hindered by your unrenewed mind. He's not being hindered by your flesh that's out of control. But what's happening is. As you begin to get in the word on a regular basis and you begin to believe God, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God and you're growing up in him. You're maturing in him and now God can use you. So when you go places and you begin to speak, the spirit of God is stirred up in the place, stirred up in the building, stirred up wherever you go. The spirit of God begins to flow out of you. You speak in the things and they change and situations change and, and you're praying for people and they're getting answers and they're getting healed and you're wondering what in the world is going on that's what i'm talking about brothers and sisters that that's the kind of results that you get as you begin to grow up and do the things that god told you to do second timothy 2 15 says study to show thyself approved unto god as a workman that need not be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth so listen god knows exactly what he's doing he's growing you up in him remember your spirit, you got a soul and you live in a body. Now, I want you to get your word and begin to meditate your word and do what the word of God says, because think about this. The Bible says 
right? That if you would meditate the word day and night, the scripture says you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth your fruit in your season and your leaf shall not wither and whatsoever you do shall prosper. In other words, that river is giving nourishment and nutrients to that tree. And that tree is growing up strong in the Lord. That tree is growing up strong. And as a result, it's bringing forth fruit in its season, right? Because it's being nourished by the one who has the water of life. And that's Jesus. And he's on the inside of you. So as you grow in him, man, he begins to make things prosper in your life. You begin to see results that you've never seen before. And you're growing in him. And now he can use you. Right. Because you're connected to him. You're a representation of him on this earth. When people see you, they see Jesus. Huh? They see Jesus. So that's the result ultimately to be formed into the image of Christ, that Christ would be complete and mature in us so that we can do the work of the Lord. We can do those things that he said we can do. Well, brothers and sisters, I'm going to end it right there. And so I want you to get your word. And make a new commitment, a firm commitment to start making the word the most important thing in your day. Make God first the most important. I'm telling you, if you put him first, then things begin to happen and change in your life. But it's time for us to to walk this thing out in God so that we can do the things that he called us to do. Hey, listen. If you're excited about this word and you don't know Jesus, right? Listen, you can take you can accept him right now. I mean, he's waiting on you. He's been waiting on you since you've been alive. In fact, before the foundations of the world, he's been waiting on you. You know what he said? He said, my sheep, they know my voice and no other will they follow. The scripture says it's appointed unto a man once to die and then the judgment. Jesus said, the day you hear my voice, harden not your heart. This is the day for you to get saved. So listen, pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you right now and I'm a sinner and I repent of my sins. I believe that you died for me. I believe that God raised you from the dead. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and be the Lord and Savior of my life. You got to believe this, guys. Believe this with your heart. Jesus, I accept you now as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Brothers and sisters, if you said this prayer, you're a child of God. Now it's time for you to get in a good Bible-believing church, download you a good Bible, one that you can understand, New International Version, New King James Version, something along that line. And listen, get in that word and start meditating the word, and God will grow you up, man. He will grow up in you, and you will be doing great and wonderful things in the Lord. Brothers and sisters, God bless you. Man, this is Brother Leonard. I love you, and I want you to have a great and a fantastic rest of your week and do some great things in the Lord. God bless you.